Hi, and welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, your weekly roundups on top fresh programmatic news, plus expert interviews and more. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own programmatic sensei. You can find everything we've discussed today, including our guests' information, show notes, and all referred articles on our website, programmaticdigest.com. Now let's get this party started. Our first story is on brands and consumers' relationship. Quoting Larissa Fall in Media Post article, consumers accuse brands of trust washing. Stop quote. Brand marketers must back their promises with real action. Otherwise, they'll be called out for trust washing. According to 2019 Edelman Trust Parameter, also unveiled at Cannes. End quote. Here are a few things that stood out to me from the article, specifically from what Amanda Glasgow, global head of Edelman's brand practice, said. 53% of consumers says brands are not transparent about commitment to society. One in three admit they trust most of the brands they purchase. Three in four actively avoid advertising. A 10-point increase in ad blockers from last year, shockingly. 41% do not view the information contained in ads as accurate and truthful. 63% agree they trust what influencers say about brands more than what brands say about themselves. 53% say every brand has a responsibility to get involved in at least one social issue outside of their line of business. 56% of consumers says too many brands use societal issues as a marketing ploy to sell more of their product. Our second story is in ad tech. Jeannie Marvin tells us about how Google Display and Video 360, also known as DV360, is testing two new rich media interactive display ad formats in her article in the marketing land. First, we're getting the swirl, a display ad format incorporating 3D assets where users can rotate 3D object and zoom in and out within the ad, especially with the new editor coming to... Google's 3D platform, Poly, marketers can edit and build 3D assets for these display ads. Guerlain is among the brands that is beta testing this. Secondly, extending YouTube live stream. It's coming our way. It's a live stream format allowing brands to extend the reach of branded live stream content from YouTube to native display ads using a new template in Google Web Designer. The ads units will feature standard YouTube controls controls for watching, pausing, and sharing. Third story. In media post articles from Carleen Lukovitz, start quote, Spotify has announced that advertisers can now opt to target Spotify free podcast listeners by topic, categories, including lifestyles and health, business and technology, and even comedy. The option, which has been tested by brands including Samsung and 3M, is now being rolled out in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and Australia. Previously, advertisers could target Spotify free users by age, you know, gender, some geolocation options such as country, state, DMAs, listening platform, desktop, Android, iOS, music genre, or music playlist. This is a real game changer. I believe Pandora was already offering this type of targeting already. I would recommend to check it out regardless, but this is a major move for Spotify. In our fourth story, Twitter is in the news, but on a positive note, y'all, 
with an article in Adric from David Cohen, 13 Reasons Why the U.S. Women's National Team Was the Talk of Twitter. Woo woo! Yes, you guessed it. The U.S. Women's National Team's 13-0 win over Thailand dominated Twitter during the group stage of FIFA Women's World Cup in France 2019. I'm quoting directly from the article. Here are the most tweeted about moments. Christiane completes that hat trick with her third goal of the match to give Brazil a 3-0 lead over Jamaica. Christiane scores a goal in the 38th minute to give Brazil a 2-0 lead over Australia. Carly Lloyd scores a goal in stoppage time to give the U.S. a 13-0 lead over Thailand. Marta Vieira da Silva scores her 17th career World Cup goal to become the leading goal scorer in both men's and women's World Cup history. And finally, Mallory Pugh, our very own, scores a goal in the 84th minute to give the U.S. an 11-0 lead over Thailand. Way to go, ladies. We support you. Story number five in artificial intelligence. Facebook just unveiled AI Habitat, a simulation platform designed to train embodied agents like virtual, ro virtual robots in photorealistic 3D environments. For Facebook, the platform represents a significant endorsement of embodied AI, which uses interactive environments to ground systems training in the real world rather than relying on static data sets. In the not-too-distant future, though, the approach could help AI-assisted robots respond to an owner request to grab my phone from my desk upstairs or help a visually impaired person navigate an unfamiliar subway system. Looking in the Into the future, though, Facebook says itself, pairing photorealistic virtual environments with equally realistic avatars to create what it calls a true social presence. And this is quoting Gavin O'Malley directly from Media Post article. Story six in TV. Our final story is from Dan Hurwitz explaining in Marketing Land article that TV providers have always focused on content which is safe to assume, why they've been investing tens of billions of dollars on programming annually, and streaming services have spent $191 millions of dollars so far this year promoting themselves, some of which include Amazon, Hulu, Sling TV, and Netflix. In the cord-cutting and subscription world, especially given the rise of mobile viewership, Ad budget solely promoting content is a missed opportunity, says Hurtwitz. Collaboration between product and marketing teams rarely happens. In the article, he proposed couple solutions uh, such as unified marketing and product team, a unique future and UI, and explain how to best compete against other mobile apps. In our next segment, we continue our conversation with expert Sonomic Lovin, in the census corner to discuss the articles on diversity and inclusion in a part two interview episode. If you don't know who she is, she is an aspiring entrepreneur and expert digital marketer with over 15 years of experience across many channels, display, affiliate, search, email, and verticals like retails, education, entertainment, hospitality, finance, personal services, and more. She is the co-host of the Brand Equation podcast. Her core strengths include strategy development, designing business operation models, spearheading collaborative projects, implementing new technologies and managing people, 
She pretty much helps people love what they do and do what they love. She has an amazing soul and you can find Sonara's McLovin on LinkedIn. And remember to check out more of her information. You can find Sonara McLovin on LinkedIn and remember to check out more information on her podcast. In part one, we discuss how we understood diversity and inclusion, especially when it comes to brands. We commented on the Behind the Numbers podcast where Vernon, Espinoza, and Anine goes over why diversity and inclusion matter in more ways than one. We also dissected the At Age article, um, five women sitting at the TV's table. In part two, we really go even deeper on the inclusion, how it affects us as digital marketers, how it affects us as, as black female digital marketers. So if you haven't heard episode one, please do go back and listen to that and come back to us as this is a continuation of the conversation. Here's part two of our interview. Let's talk about inclusion. Let's talk about what it really means because right. it's like fun to, to talk about diversity. Okay, let's just make an effort to hire more colored people or let's just make an effort right. to hire different gender or different age or different religion. But oh, the yeah. truth in the matter is diversity doesn't work without inclusion and vice right. versa. It has to be together. Actually, Paul Werner, I don't know if he came up with that, <laughs> that acronym because he said, us marketers, we love acronyms. So he was that <laughs> DNI, DNI, and it's literally one breath, DNI. Right. So what is inclusion? Well, this is what I was thinking about when you were saying that you are asked for your opinion or mm-hmm. you, you know, being that African comma American comma female that is this programmatic expert, you're supposedly included in the conversations. You may join the call. You're not allowed to speak. It it provides or creates this false sense of empowerment. Yeah. And and that's and that's kind of like the the phase where we are where we're having these conversations about diversity. Companies are saying that they strive to have very diverse organizations, but the question is is it is it a real um, yeah. an authentic structure for that. Are, are people truly empowered? Are people really, you know, put in teams and and asked questions and and mm-hmm. asked to be involved in things that where they're specifically being asked to contribute information from their unique background, yeah. and knowledge base, exactly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they being brought into the company? to say that, oh, well, we, you know, accept people from all over, but please make sure your thoughts, feelings, and contributions match that of the white male leader. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just what you're thinking, what you learn does not matter because this is how we've been doing it so far. So you have to adapt. And that's okay. There's a reason why that business is (laughs) is in, in in you know in business for so long but the reality is (laughs) the reality is there's a reason okay so I want to bring up you know just because we are talking about inclusion here and diversity and why it really matters and how can companies agency can benefit from it again behind the numbers episode they mention a study from McKinsey Consulting Firm, and it said 21% were more likely to experience higher profitability with a gender diverse team. And then 30 plus for ethnic and a culturally diverse team. There is benefit. And we're just not saying, yo, you need to be diverse a little bit more and include people in the conversation. No, there is proof because of what you're saying. You're more innovative. You hear a different background. You're more respectful of different things. Let's, Let's all remember that who shall not be named Pepsi. 
nobody wanted to listen right. to Jamal the intern like Lonnie Love likes to say from the real nobody wanted to listen to Jamal the intern and out. yes so and you mentioned it on your podcast the brand inclusion the with brand inclusion. your co-host Alexis Day which will have yeah. the honor of interviewing her as well and so y'all mentioned how Beyonce walked out Yes. Because she looked around and nobody could relate to her. So there's diversity to recognize. There's inclusion, making sure that you are still listening and taking account of yeah. that counterpart there. And then there's representation. It, it's and, important, you know, let's have this conversation, but also let's make, let's make the changes. Right. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. There is actual financial benefit to having diverse teams. Absolutely. Yes. Companies have been around for a really long time, and that's great. They there are lots of successful companies, but as times change, companies have to be able to adapt and change as well. And diversity inclusion is part of that adaption that companies need to make to continue to be successful into the future. Because employees are happier when they feel able to be themselves and a sense of accomplishment for being able to contribute to yes. the positive growth of the company. And because of that they do better work, one, and two, you have less turnover, right? So that means you're retaining expertise, your yes. the value that comes from having people stay for a longer period of time with your company is also part of the financial benefit for that. That's one. Two, it's not just on the agencies to have these conversations. It's not just on the brands that have internal marketing teams. It is up to the client and the customers mm-hmm. to say that we don't want to do business. Thank you, Bay. We don't want to do business with <laughs> agencies and companies companies that are not making diversity a priority within their company structure. Um, That's a part of it as well. I I was going to say, we also have to remember that it it is, we're talking about think a different mindset here, different action, like physically changing the way we think as an agency and as an individual and change is not easy. And I do think if a company forced diversity down, it's not going to work because the employee is less likely to participate or integrate because nobody likes (laughs) when someone tells you what to do. And so it has to be supported. So it has to come from the top end. It has to come from the bottom up and um, it has to be encouraged. Conversation needs to happen. It doesn't happen over overnight, but Mighty Espinal, she said it was brilliant. She said change is intentional. And so diversity cannot be organic. It has to be intentional. You have to make that effort, feel uncomfortable enough to stand up. And, and right. it's important. That's one of the first conversation I always have when I'm around any agency during interviews, like, what are we doing? Do we even go to happy hour? Who shows up? Only the young kids or does everybody <laughs> shows up? How often right. do we even see the owner or how often do I, would I see the, my managers, managers, managers? Like th- those are important. It's part of right. the inclusion. It's part of building that community where you're more likely to have that conversation. And so right. it is important. And, and Google and, and, you know, the giants, the, the big eye tech there, I think they're doing a pretty good job in terms of staying accountable. Every year they come out with a diversity report and they're not there. The report, <laughs> <laughs> the numbers are not there, but right. they come up with, with programs with, within the agency. I know that Google has something like women in tech. Don't quote me, um, but I do know that they have like a program that encourage uh, more women to be trained to be, I, I think, a di- technology yeah, yeah, to be data scientists, data engineers. Right. And so Google will provide those programs to certain employees. And so I think there's a lot, again, there's a lot to do there. We don't, we don't want to discredit anybody's effort, but 
I think that one of the things that Google does well, mm -hmm. and since we're since we're not being quoted on things that we say about Google, don't quote me on this either. Um, but I know that they provide tests to their employees mm -hmm. um, that help them understand their natural biases better. Oh right? yeah, I think I heard that which too. Which I think is which I think is really which is really dope because they are providing an avenue for employees to understand on a psychological level who they are and what they yes. believe and what they think so that they can better understand and you know make changes where it's mm -hmm. needed, you know, address it and and learn how they can work better in spite of these innate biases. So, you know, that is like one of like exactly what you're saying you're not trying to force people we're diverse we're all going to go to happy hour together everybody's welcome well that may yeah. not be everybody's thing yeah that's not gonna be this yeah right and allowing your employees to be diverse it should be okay for those people who don't want to go to that but it's having the conversation and creating the opportunities for people to address how they can be more inclusive in context where they are comfortable right yeah. it's not it's not easy and it does have to be planned it won't that Right. That part. I want to mention to uh, Linda Yaccarino. She said that NBCU has a program that they call Returnship. It supports their people after taking an extended time off for a few years, whether you want to. And so when they decide to return into the workforce, then uh, NBCU provides a certain level of training to just rehabilitate. I'm not going to say rehabilitate because it's not negative. To just encourage people. Reacclimate them, them into, yeah. into the workforce and start them as consultant and contractor. I believe she also said, and then when they're ready to go full-time, then they will be prioritized during the interview process gotcha. so we are seeing some changes so. and so yeah it's pretty cool you know how fair for us to go ahead and have a uh, have a baby and then get penalized in our career and honestly right. that was a big conversation between me and my husband because i told him that my career came first now that i'm pushing 30 i'm like okay now i'm cool <laughs> but five years ago three years ago just <clears throat> a year ago i was still like mm, i'm not sure because i know i would be treated differently from my counterparts and so right. i'm not it's still it's still like 1950 where you yes. have to choose being, being a mother or being a career woman um yeah. and so if you're in the big agencies and the big hubs of of the united states like new york chicago you might not feel this but and there there's certain part where we still have problem first in talent diversity and inclusion but right. that feeling is still there and so we want to be mindful for those out there that are i recognize where you're working and and do ask that conversation because if it's not working for you you have the talent and you're wanted somewhere else okay right. I feel like for anybody who thinks that the conversation is just, you know, happening too much, haven't we done enough, we're progressing, it's fine, why are we, you know, talking about it so much? I think just even considering of late the, pass the passing of the heartbeat bills in various states is reflective of, of where we are in gender equality, yeah. right? That, to me, is so... It's because there's just a lot of old white men who have the authority to make these kind of decisions. And, and like I said earlier, they're not dead yet, right? So we, we make a lot of progress and we have a lot of conversations, but there are fundamentally as a, as a culture, as an American culture, we yeah. still have a really far way to go 
before the people who are in the decision-making roles have that perspective of equality and inclusion. And, yeah. you know, we just, we just still have a long way to go. So we have to keep yeah. talking about it. You know, we, we have do. to keep um, holding holding people accountable, holding companies accountable, holding brands accountable, holding ourselves accountable. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. as we close this segment, I want to strongly recommend and encourage the Programmatic Digest podcast family to make that conscious and intentional effort, despite your position, whether you're in top, bottom, um, lower level or a minion like myself, start right. asking the questions. What step do we want? Do we have hiring a diverse talent pool? How can I assist? How can I learn more? Do we have a diversity and inclusion programs? If right. not, can we create a committee and make sure that yep. the committee is diverse enough? Okay, make sure that, <laughs> again, right. somebody around you looks different in various ways, different religion, different gender, different yep. background, but also generational, different age. You know, we right. want to make sure there's some wisdom out there, whether young or old, it has its benefits. Anything that allows the team to address those biases, the, the more likely that team will be successful. Yeah. And on a personal level, my tip is to make that conscious effort to discover uncomfortable grounds. Yes, look into different perspective, not only focus on even things like movies, music, bands, or brands, activities that you're comfortable with, okay? Like, let's, let's make sure that it starts with us. Go out of your way to patient with somebody that does not look, hear, sound, or just is like you, okay? Right, right. So I want to leave with this quote I saw from a New York-based agency. It's called Black Girl Digital. Mm-hmm. And on their homepage, they had a quote from Ola Joseph. And the quote is, diversity is not about how we differ. It is about embracing one another's uniqueness. Bam. Yes. Boom. Black Girl, Black Girl Digital. Thank you. Blackgirldigital.com. That's it. Shout out to you guys. All right. Now, moving on to the next segment where we shine our diversity light on an agency, brand, creative, somebody that don't do diversity right or wrong. So who out there lately or in the past have made Sonar think, hmm, they did a good job or no, that's a no-go outside of Pepsi? (laughs) I'm a little I know, you know, leave Pepsi alone. I, I'm I'm in Atlanta. I'm about that Coke life. So <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. Not that cocaine life, that Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola, just to be clear. This is a family-friendly podcast. Yes, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I chose to highlight a company that, you know, a lot of people may not know about. They are a um an um, like a, a digital tech company that helps with integrations between multiple platforms. If you're into digital marketing, you know that you know you want multiple platforms to be able to communicate with each other. Whether you're carrying um, anonymized customer data or you are trying to pull performance information from one platform into another, you know, into the media from the media platform into the reporting platform. There's just a huge need to marry information across platforms, and there is a company called Zapier that this is what they do. They basically. Oh, yeah created all of these tools and set up all of these partnerships with different platforms to make it easy to integrate between Google, Google, Google Drive, um, Facebook, Din, Shopify, all of the different platforms. They have a very serious remote work culture. I think one of the things that's really cool is they have like an entire online resource that 
like they have a remote work guide, but it's really a, a testament to their culture and their diversity within their employee culture because they are employing individuals from all over the world, right? right? And they have a very extensive focus on having people from all kinds of backgrounds, from all countries, from all experiences with the only kind of like required attribute that they want to be the same is that you have a a true desire to do good work and to right. and to help customers. Yeah. And they're very very focused on just kind of like that human interaction, so they're looking for people that have all different types of personalities and experiences and interests and they really showcase that and again they have you know even this whole they've gone about completing and creating this entire remote work guide with the idea being that it can really provide anyone with a really great idea of what the Zapier work culture is like yeah, and, that's dope. And, and to really highlight different areas of diversity and inclusion that they do. That's really great. So they have an entire section dedicated around building, you know, building that culture and having those interactions and connections across multiple, you know, locations, building strong relationships when there are cultural differences. They talk about, you know, the difference in getting to know people who work in like different time zones and background. Shout out to Xavier for putting in so much work and having created such an extensive resource for making yeah. sure that they create and develop a diverse international culture. That's, that's awesome. And I think it's a yeah. great, great example. Thank you so much for bringing this up. You're welcome. I, I, on the other hand, just had, <laughs> I, I want to highlight the following Black directors and producers in Hollywood that I feel are doing a pretty good job with what we've discussing today. Even yeah. though this is specific to the entertainment world and we are in the advertising world, <laughs> I, I want to point them out here because they're doing a pretty good job. Issa Rae. Jordan Peele, yes, yes, Ava, yes, Ava DuVernay, yes. Mm-hmm. John Singleton, R.I.P. Wow. Yes, Shonda Rhimes, Ryan Coogler, Angela Bassett, Antoine oh. Fouquet, Regina King, yes, F. F. Gary Gray, mm-hmm. to name a few, and of course, to the youngest executive producer in Hollywood today, Marseille Martin. Yes. Shout out to you That's all. Awesome. We support you. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Right there. So in our closing segment, would you mind sharing really quick three fun facts about yourself? Ooh, um, (laughs) I always wonder what about myself will other people consider fun? (laughs) <laughs> um, I know what my idea of a good time is. I don't know what everybody else is. Okay. Um, so fun facts about myself. I, you would never be able to tell listening to me talk and this, and this goes into um, that getting to know people and, and mm-hmm. the diversity of people. Right. Um, I was born and and spent the first seven years of my life in Jamaica. My parents are Jamaican. My Grandparents are Jamaican. I'm as Jamaican as they get. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't sound Jamaican. You don't have um, the accent, no. Right, but I am influenced by <laughs> my Caribbean culture. Right? That's great. Um, and have a lot of my perspectives on, you know, how to bring up a child, whether or not dogs <laughs> should be allowed in the house. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he know, can come to my house then. <laughs> right. You know, I know Zeus is in the house, but you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> my, um, my upbringing, you know, I didn't become a citizen of the U.S. till uh, 2001. So, you know, a lot of people would not n- know that about meeting me at like a a networking thing or or talking to me on the street or something like that. My Jamaican heritage influences my perspective and and how I think about just a lot of things in my day to day. I also think it's fun that I'm Jamaican. So that was one. I know, I know. Um, (laughs) I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries and I'm weirdly passionate about that. I am the god of war. I am by like, you know, I'm I fire in my belly. I'm a leader. I like to make things happen. I like to see change. I like to see growth. I like to see action and things accomplished. So I can see um, that. Yeah, I'm I'm in Aries all day, every day. I'm actually born on March 21st, which is the first day of the Aries sign. Yeah. Um, and, I, and Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, so I like to say that I am the first of the <laughs> and therefore the first of all signs. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you missed one really cool fun fact: is the fact that you what? love to travel and you've traveled the world. Oh, and, yeah, and I guess you're that. Really <laughs> respectful. You're really respectful and bring back that culture with you, and that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, so I go places if they speak different yeah. languages, I try to learn at least a little conversational of that language before I go because I think super disrespectful to go to another country and not right. you know, speak their mm-hmm. language and and through language, through food, through history. So yes. I love museums and stuff. I feel like that's how you experience truly experience other countries. So I do. Yep. I love to travel. I'm waiting till you take me with you to Senegal. So <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So any parting advice to our ninjas out there in the industry trying to live their best life? Really quick to-dos and don'ts. Things that you've learned in the last few years in your with your experience. I think being able to assimilate into different situations is great. Being able to gauge situations and people and adjust your temperament, adjust your communication style to that is great. Do that up to like 65% and then with the other 35% be a hundred percent yourself because your uniqueness, your unique thoughts, feelings, creativity, your style, it's what is going to make you an asset and don't let anyone tell you different. Let that person dim your light, okay? Yes, yes. Throw them some shades and tell them where I'm because I'm not ready for my light to get dimmed. Exactly, exactly. Thank you. Thank you so, so much again, Sanar. Welcome. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Again, you'll find everything we've discussed today, including our amazing guest information, show notes, and all referred articles on our website, programmaticdigest.com. Please take a few minutes to leave us a review wherever you are streaming this podcast and share with anyone you know that can benefit from it. And of course, of course, subscribe. In conclusion, fam, we are all humans working in a fast advancing industry. So as a gentle reminder, we're not saving lives, y'all. At the end of the day, our mission on this podcast is to share knowledge, highlight diversity, and educate ourselves as we build this community of programmatic ninjas or fam. As we would say in my African culture, stay blessed.